Well, thank you for uh, praying with us as we think about our nation. If you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn uh, to Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind in times like this is, uh, at least to me, is that the ebb and the flow in the direction of our culture, the direction of our nature, uh, and the, even the direction of our neural world, it's so much bigger than me, and it's so much bigger than us. It's, it's sobering, or at least it should be sobering, to think about the brokenness in our world and, and realize we can't fix that. You and I can't fix that. We, we can speak into that, and we should serve in that. And we should pray about that. But we can't fix it. We know the one who can fix it. Yet his ways and his plans are different than ours. And so, as a believer, that brings us to what I believe is a a different kind of tension. We want our world to be better. Globally, we want a better world. Nationally, we want a better world. Personally, we want our world to be better. We, you know, in the, in the context where you and I live, we want a better world. In the context where our kids go to school and our grandkids go to school and, and our family works and, and in the context where state, we want a better world and yet, As a believer, as a believer who looks to the scriptures, we know that this world, fixed or not, broken or not, better or not, this world is passing away. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 35, he says, heaven and earth will pass away. My word won't, but heaven and earth will. In the context of a discussion about marriage in 1 Corinthians 7, listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, this is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world as as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of the world... Is passing away. And John wrote in 1 John 2, 17, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And, and, so, and so you and I live in this tension. We, we want a better world globally and locally and personally. And I I get that. It's where we live. It's where our kids and our grandkids go to school. And it's where they grow up. And and we want that because the better it is, the the better life seems to be. Yet at the same time, as a follower of Jesus, and as a, you know, if if, if you believe scripturally in a a premillennial, pre-tribulation rapture, then you've got to know that the scripture says, in the last days, things are going to get worse. And so there's this, we don't want it to get worse, but we know it has to. We want it to be better, but we know ultimately, and so there's this tension, and we've got to live in that. 
Whether we want to live in it or not, we've got to live in that. Now, that doesn't mean we don't pray for hope and, and, and forgiveness and all these things. But, but we just need some perspective. And I wrote in my notes, we, we should want our world to be better because we live in that world and our kids grow up in this world. But we dare not live for this world because it is passing away. And therefore, we dare not invest uh, all we have in the here and now uh, because this isn't our home. The writer of Hebrews spoke into that, and I have a really long message for today, and we're not going to do a really long message, but I, I, I really believe the writer had the sense of this. The whole section, Hebrews 13, 7 through 19, is, is, is an extremely challenging passage to wrap your mind around. Uh, if you read it all, and we're not going to because of time, you would almost think that the writer had a bunch of post-it notes, and he's got, oh, I left all these things out, and he says all these things in chapter 13. But in the context of all those things, he makes this observation, and I want you to, um, I just, what we'll do is we'll read 13, uh, 14, and, uh, and following. Look at verse 13. He says, therefore, let's go to him, him being Jesus, outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Now, listen to this statement. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Now this passage has so many themes and, and so many avenues that we could pursue. But as kind of as I prayed through it this week and uh, I think it may have been Wednesday, I stumbled on this idea. You know, the writer has has been saying and doing all this, and, and he's even reflected back just a few verses earlier at, at, at Jesus. But he's writing to a culture that is struggling. Man, there's, there's suffering in this culture. And it's a different suffering that we're experiencing. Man. But, I mean, things were not good. And, and he's pointing them to not focus on this life, but to focus on that one. And so he says there uh, in verse 14... Uh, for kind of this is not our city. We're looking for a different one. Now, uh, the issue is for most of us, we are occupied by and maybe preoccupied by the world. And that's understandable because we're raising kids. Uh, we're making a living. Uh, we're trying to stay fit or not. We're, uh, we're enjoying retirement. Uh, we're living the dream and, and what have you. I, I get that because because I live in the same world you live in. But what I want you to see, I want you to look down in verse 14. and, and kind of as, Let's look at verse 13 because uh, he says, he says you've got to go to Jesus outside the camp. You've got to bear the reproach that Jesus bore. Now, time won't allow us to get into that. But, but Jesus suffered for the cause of the kingdom. And the writer says, listen, 
we've got to be willing to go out there. And then, and then he says, if you look at verse 14, what he says, for here we have no lasting city, but we see the city that is to come. Now, I want you to look carefully at the word for, beginning of verse 14. That is a conjunction. Grammatically, that is a conjunction. In the Greek, it's an adverbial causal. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Mike, when I was in school, I didn't like English, and I didn't care what a conjunction was. I'm not in school anymore, and I certainly don't care about conjunctions now. I, I get, if you're not an English teacher, I understand. I'm not sure I knew what a conjunction was when I was in school. But in, in the Greek language, a, a con, this particular conjunction, an adverbial causal, has the idea of because. And so I want you to think of this verse. So, so he says, so the writer says, let us go to him outside the camp and bear his reproach because we don't have a city here. But we're seeking a city that's to come. And so what, what you and I, what we've got to try to get our minds around, we've got to raise our kids. We've got to help our kids raise their kids. We've got to function in life, but we cannot, we dare not live for this world because as he says here, this is no lasting city. What, listen, what we do, what you make, what we build, what we accumulate, it's not going to last. And so, in a messed up world, and I'm not saying we would, man, I want our world to be better. And you should, we should want our world to be better. But, but we cannot live for that. This is not going to last. I mean, for generations we've been pursuing this utopia. Thinking that things are going to get better. But they don't. And so we've got, to, we've got to live into that. And so let me just give you two quick thoughts. Because that's true, here, if you're going to live with eternity in mind, if I'm going to live with eternity in mind, there's two things we need to do. First of all, we need to look ahead. Uh, we, we've got to look at the next world. Because notice what it says. It says we're, we're to seek the city that's to come. Too often we're seeking the city we have. And, 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 I, and again, I get that. I, I live where you live. Okay? I, got, I, I mean, I'm, I'm raising kids and, you know, we're going to tennis practice and we're, jog, we're doing vacation. We're, I'm dealing with the same things you're doing. But the writer says, listen, we need to seek something different. And, and, and that word seek means to, to chase after, uh, to pursue after. Uh, any of you have a spare key to your house? Anybody? Okay, anybody lost your spare key to your house? Okay, I can't find mine, and I'm about to go away for a few days, okay? And 
I know I've got one because I put a, a, you know, I put a little uh, paper clip on it and, and, and I put a post-it note and just wrote Phillips on it and it was green and, and I gave it to my neighbor and then I got it back and then I gave it to my neighbor and then I got it back or he says I got it back. I don't know if I got it back. But, but, and then I had a place outside that I hid it, but it's not where I hid it outside and there's a drawer I keep it in it's not in that. And, and, and so I looked earlier in the week and then yesterday I said, well, you're sure I can find this key. And man, I cannot find that key. And, I, and, and I'm looking everywhere, and I said to my neighbor, you, you sure you don't have my key? And I text my wife and said, do you have any idea where the key is? And, and nobody Listen, but, but, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm seeking this thing because i got to have it. It's what Jesus was talking about uh, when he talked about the pearl of great price or the woman with the lost coin. She swept her house. Well, that's the, the I, what the writer is saying here is, listen, you got to live here, but you better seek the things that matter there. you, you got to do that. And then he tells us how. Just real quickly, he, he gives us two thoughts. First of all, look at verse 15. He says, therefore, or through him, therefore through him let us continually... Offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And then he says, do not neglect to do work or to do good and to share with what you have. For what, with such sacrifices, uh, God is pleased. Let me just say, listen, if, if we're going to seek there, if we're going to live in light of there, there needs to be two things that, that are just adamant in our life. The first of all is a sacrifice of worship. Notice what he says, through him or through Jesus then, let us... Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. If you're going to live eternally, worship ought to be a part of your way of life. Now, I know I'm kind of proverbially preaching to the choir, but it blows my mind how people want to identify with Jesus. They claim they've been changed by Jesus, but they never want to gather with his people and and worship him. But you ask them to go, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. Why do you want to go? Heaven's about worship. Heaven's about living for Jesus and with his people. You live here, you don't want anything to do with us. Now, again, I, I, you know, and I'm probably magnifying the point a little bit, but, but think about that. The writer says, listen, if you're going to live in light of eternity, you, you should offer a sacrifice of worship. Secondly, he says, while you're, while, you're, while you're offering worship, he says, don't neglect to do good and to share. So there needs to be a sacrifice of works. I mean, our life should be characterized by uh, this doing good. Now, we don't do good to be saved. We do good because we are saved. And so your life should, my life should, uh, be characterized by that. I mean, there, uh, doing good can have many faces. You, you could, it could mean you serve in the preschool or the children's or the student ministry, or you work with senior adults, or you sing in a choir, or you, there are a number of different things in church. Uh, doing the, uh, a second face, uh, that might, what that might look like is, is you might volunteer at the local crisis pregnancy center so you can have a voice in, in, in saving the life of a baby. It, it could look like that. It, it could look like uh, serving at a local food ministry where, where you're, in the name of Jesus, where you're helping people uh, meet uh, 
They're very neat. I mean, this, this idea of doing good can, can have a lot of faces. It could be pursuing racial re- reconciliation. It could be supporting our uh, civil service in Jesus' name. It could be going on mission. I mean, there's just a, a multitude of things we can do. But we ought to be doing something, the writer says, for the good of the kingdom. So what are you doing? What are you doing good for the kingdom? And then he says we should, we should be willing to share. You know, uh, there's a sacrifice of working or doing good, but there's also the sacrifice of, uh, of sharing. And again, that, that can look, it can look differently as well. I mean, maybe it's sharing the gospel. I mean, there's people in our circle, there's people with which we live and maybe in our neighborhoods with. Man, if we don't share the gospel with them, who's going to do that? Maybe it's sharing our gifts and abilities and talents, volunteering somewhere and, and using our gifts for the kingdom. Uh, maybe it's sharing our, our treasures, giving, you know, filling up that baby bottle for Central Texas Life Care, giving a, uh, an offering so we can send a military Bible to, to a soldier on the other side of the world. It's, it's giving your tithes and offerings to the local church. I mean, there's a multitude of ways in, that we do that, but the writer says, listen, listen, if you're thinking about then then you ought to be doing something now. You ought to be making a commitment now. You ought to be making an investment now. And so you should have, there ought to be a sacrifice of worship in your life. There ought to be a sacrifice of good works in your life. Uh, That's what you ought to do. And and so we need, and when we think about this, I know sometimes we think, but, but you don't know how busy I am. I I know I should give to the church, but you you don't know how, how close things are. When I pay all my bills. And, and, and I understand that, that man, if I'm going to give up, some, if I'm going to give something here, then I've got to give up something over here. Uh, now, many of you, at least some of you, probably many of you, some of you have already done this, but uh, maybe you're saving for retirement. You know, and, and obviously I'm saving for retirement. But but you ever have an occasion you just, you know, if you watch golf or something, they always talk about how you need to talk to your financial planner and all this stuff. Uh, I, I don't even have one, so it just kind of tells you that. But I had, this week I had, uh, Friday I had to do some, uh, we, I got a little fun that's, I would say going to help Bailey through college, but might buy some books. That's kind of what I think it'll do. Um, but, but I had to deal with some issues with it, and then I, I pulled out this IRA that I opened in 1986, and I kind of got to look at it. But have you, have you ever sat down with maybe your savings in retirement, and you just had this thought, man, I wish I would have put more in there. Anybody, have you ever, anybody ever, there's three of you a little minute. Hey, the rest of you, y'all got all you want, so we, hey, we're, when we retire, we're coming to you, okay? But, but, hey, we, we've all, have you been there? You, you look at it and go, oh, if, if, if I would have knew then what I know now, I would have, that IRA, I'd have put an extra 50 or 100 a month. Cause look what happened to it. And so, we know that's true. I mean, you can, if, I, if I'd have known, hey, if I'd have known Home Depot was going to $95, I'd have bought that stock when it was 40 I thought about it. I just didn't. See, see, see well, what happens is we look at our, our investors and we look back and go, man, what if? Now, here's what the writer's saying here. 
What the writer's saying to us is that, listen, you don't have a city here. You've got a city there. And what you don't want to happen, listen, you don't want this to happen. You don't want to get into heaven one day and sit down and start looking at your spiritual investments. And you go, okay, I put in this. Now I've got this. Wow. If I would have knew then what I know now, man, I'd have put a lot more in here. So I can enjoy a lot more now. Now we know, listen, we do that with our retirement because we know, hey, I, I might make it there. Some of you already have. Why don't we do it spiritually? I may never spend a dime of my retirement, but I'm going to die and go to heaven. So why would I not? Sacrifice. See, if you give an offering uh, through your local church, if you give to missions, if you invest in saving babies, if you invest in sending military Bible sticks, if, if we give our money, if we give our time, if we use our gifts for the kingdom of God, listen, most of us say, oh, but what a sacrifice that is. Can I just say this? If you give something now so you can have more of something later, what do we call that? It's an investment. So why? That, that's why we say for retirement. Hey, I, you know, I put a couple thousand in here. A few years down the road, it's a couple more thousand. You know, a few years down the road, hopefully it's 10,000. You know, why do we do that? Because I'm giving it up now because I'm going to enjoy it later. And what, here, here's what the writer said. What the writer said to us. We don't have a lasting city here. I promise what you're driving and what you're sleeping in and what you're wearing and what we're eating and enjoying ain't going to last. So why would we not give some of that up now so we can enjoy much more of that? So what he says, look ahead. Don't just, don't just think about the here and now. Look ahead to death. 